Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Hello, welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, I just wanted to talk a bit about the A, B, C, and D zoned areas. Um, Before we get going, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the overview of this. This isn't actually like a hard real estate term like it's not like a if you go from an area to another area to another area it's it, it's whatever anyone's perspective is and if you talk to one investor and then you talk to another investor uh it's not actually the same the the, the terms of a b c and d real estate actually came from commercial eh, commercial real estate investing but it, it's been applied now to the single family homes and duplexes and quads sort of environment of housing but it's it's subjective the whole thing is subjective but um so whenever you're talking to someone they might have a slightly different view on all of this but if you're talking to me at least (laughs) this is what how i look at it and uh this is how i went from what i've gathered and listening to all the podcasts that i do what they kind of look at it um so here we go let's start off with a we'll start at the top and we'll work our way down. Um, so the way it works for me is A zones. Um, they're mostly new properties. Um, they have good layouts. It's like they're modern the way we kind of look at houses now. Um, in most cases, they're not the downtown um, unless they've demolitioned an old neighborhood and built this back up. But a lot of times the A neighborhoods are new suburbs on the outside or areas off that have been built up. They're, they're usually not that old of properties. Um, yeah, like I said, they have good layouts, um, and they have a higher level of materials. So this is where you'll see the granite countertops, the quartz, um, the higher-end finishes. You're not going to see the laminate floors, and the, it's, it'll be hardwood. It'll be the higher-end everything. Um, and it'll be in the hot areas. Like, it'll be because of certain districts that have built up. And like, like I said, some of these can still be, uh, I guess, a little bit older. But And they've like, totally taken houses and or t- entire neighborhoods and renovated them to be high. That's my basic thing of A houses. It's not where I buy my uh, real do my real estate investing. It's uh, You're not going to get the same cash flow. You're not going to get the same cap rates. They're going to be very compressed. Uh, the houses are tend to be more expensive and like I've covered in other videos as you get more expensive houses it's harder to make them cash flow the way you want. Let's move on to B-class properties. So B-class properties are more um, working class or professional neighborhoods. Um, They're a little bit outside of the super hot areas. They're still really nice houses. Um, They could be starter homes. A lot of times you'll see these ones have HOA fees. They could have anyway. They could be gated communities as well, just like the A-zoned ones. These are still very safe homes. Uh, no one's going to have a fear uh, like of walking down the neighborhoods or anything like that. Um, they're more profitable than the A-zoned areas. And as the town grows and stuff, they're probably on the fringe of the A-zone, and they could easily become A-zone properties as neighborhoods grow and stuff. Like With all these neighborhoods, if you're right on the edge, you're... Your B zones could become uh, A zones. Your C's could become B's. It could go. There's a lot of gentrification happening right now in a lot of these neighborhoods, which could move you up, which makes the appreciation go up a lot higher. Uh, Being in a B zone will have more appreciation 
uh, and the properties are well kept up. It's it's going to be they're still in there, um, but it's going to be more likely to have the houses are all in in good shape. I do own B-class properties. Um, they don't cash flow as well as the C-class properties. For me personally, the, my, the C-class properties are the bread and butter. They make the most money. Uh, the reason, the, <laughs> the pain in the butt to cash flow sort of is where I like. I don't like D-class properties, but we'll get into that. I, I kind of like to jump around <laughs> whenever I'm doing this. Um, so C-class properties. These are working class, a uh, mix of owners and renters. You'll see some of these, like you go in and there'll be lots of, <laughs> a lot of more renters than uh, owners in there. They tend to be older than the B-class or the A-class neighborhoods. They're still safe, um, but you'll see, you won't see, unless they've been totally renovated. And as a common thing, you'll see older cabinets. You won't see granite. And, and these properties don't make sense to put the granite in even the b-class are on a fringe it's if you're trying to push it to be an a-class from the b-class it might make sense to put granite in um but in all most cases when you're doing a rental it doesn't in my opinion doesn't make sense to be putting in uh, granite anyway unless you're trying to sell the property but as it usually doesn't dictate a higher rent um so it, it doesn't make sense until you're going to sell because it might get damaged anyway way I look at it anyway. I know everyone looks at this differently. So yeah, they'll, they'll have older cabinets. You won't see granite. When you're looking at C-class properties, you'll notice that the cap rates are starting to get higher. You're starting to get, um, your cash flow gets higher. You're, um, but you will find, I'm not talking about the positives, you'll see higher uh, rent to value ratios. So you'll be up in the, over the 1% rule. Uh, so you'll be making a higher cash flow every month. But that also comes with a trade-off that you're going to have more capital expenditures. So they might have older roofs. They may have old plumbing. They may have old electrical. They're older houses. So some of these things are going to need to be kept up. So it may have some more expenses to them. So you have to factor that in when you're buying these houses to make sure it makes sense. Um, and don't underestimate your CapEx because that's how people lose their houses is whenever they see that this is like whenever they see these killer cash flows and they're not factoring in a capex in their purchasing um so i personally put a five percent capex on every house and a five percent for vacancies i know some people do ten percent i do five but um make sure these are in your numbers especially if you're doing c-class because there will be repairs there will be vacancy you're you're Still t looking at great tenants, uh, in my opinion. Um, they still will stay for similar amounts of time. I know people are like think that C-class and tenants are terrible people, but I don't believe that. I think that that's a, a great market to be in. So on to D, uh, D-class properties. Um, sometimes you'll find these uh, D-class properties in a C-class area. So they're like the they're in the area and by doing a renovation you can easily push them up into a C. I kind of touched on that earlier um, and that's where the sweet spot is if you can find some of these ones because it, it may mean that it needs a heavier renovation or it might be just you need to push the boundary line of the the city just a little bit and if you see that there's a lot of renovations happening on that street and property managers um, realtors they will know this that's happening for instance my property in Indianapolis I talked to my property manager and she was saying 
oh yeah, I'm like, well, how, how do you think this place will appraise? And she's like, it'll appraise pretty good, but right now the whole road is under renovation. So if you can wait until they're done, their renovations, and then you can use their, uh, all those renovations as comps, you'll do really well. So that's one thing that you could do because if you, like I'm in the business of doing burrs, so that's how I get my good cash out refis by doing those sort of things, right? By waiting. Well, I don't like waiting, so I might do a double refinance, a refinance now, get my money back, and then once the neighborhood is all fixed up, refinance again. Because I I'm I like to recycle. I'm not a rich man. I use the same money over and over again, so it's my money's always tied up in projects. D-class properties also you're going to find more of the low income earners. You're going to find a lot more properties that are subsidized by the government. You'll see the more section 8 stuff in there. You'll see higher crime. What's that? Ugh, higher crime. You'll see disrepair of properties, properties that are really rough. Um it's more difficult to find a property manager to work in these neighborhoods. As crazy as it sounds, property managers are getting picky and they're only going to want properties that are going to be easy for them if they're good. If they're good property managers and big enough, they're like, I'm not taking on your troubles. Um, so I only want to do, I don't want to do these massive renovations. I don't want to be managing these massive renovations or even doing the massive renovations, depending on what kind of property manager you have. Um, they don't want to manage these tenants. They don't want to manage these properties that are having really high repair ratios and stuff. It's a lot more work for them. It's a lot more phone calls. And you'll find that there is people, there's uh, property managers that'll take it on. Sometimes you're dealing with new property managers, which could be a good thing because you can train them to be what you want them to be. But you could also be dealing with or having trouble finding good property management in, in these neighborhoods. Um, and this is a lot of the things that we're talking about, these D-nuns, in my opinion, where we're buying these $30,000, $40,000 houses, uh, cash. You, like, like a lot of these things are going to be super cheap. Uh, so uh, financing is impossible too. So it's, um, I guess what you can do is if you're, if you have the ARV that can make it work, a lot of financing, you need an ARV of at least 70. So if you had a 40,000, you're doing a heavy reno of 30, you might be able to pull this off. But even as the reno price gets closer to the purchase price, the rent, the, the, ah, the lenders aren't going to like to finance this anyway. It's too high of risk. And you're not going to get your 90% loan to value on a fix and flip loan because they just see too much risk as the, the numbers get too close. What you will find in these D-class ones is the classic fixer-upper, the ones you'll see whenever you go watch those house flipping shows where they are dilapidated and you can take these houses and depending on where they're located, maybe turn them into a B or an A class, depending if they're like really close. Because you'll sometimes it's crazy, you'll see, which doesn't make any sense, but you'll see like a road and then on one side will be D. And one side will be A. And if you're right on the road, you might be able to just make a house immaculate and make a D go to an A. And that's where the big bucks are. It's not easy to find. you got to know your lines exactly, um, which is not, as a Canadian real estate investor, you're not going to see that as much in Canada. It's, it's, not the same, it's not the same thing at all. And in D-class properties, in most cases, don't over-improve the properties. You're going to end up being upside down on the properties because you spent too much on the renovation. It's If you're going to get this rent ready, if it has it's all granite and everything else, it doesn't matter because if it's in the wrong neighborhood, in the wrong school district with a high crime, 
you're still going to have the same tenants that are willing to pay the same amount of rent. So if you go and put granite and hardwood and everything else in your $40,000 house you just spent $40,000 on and you're now up to $80,000, it still might only be worth sixty, and it still will demand the same amount of rent of like $900 a month that you would get if you only put 20000 into it. So don't over-renovate over these D-class properties because you will just lose your money. And depending what you're buying, even if you're buying some small multifamily, you'll get the, the list of the, the cap rate for these um, for these properties or for this area. And it's all in ratio. You can kind of figure out what kind of neighborhood it is based on the cap rates around the city, right? So, uh, for instance, this might be completely obvious, but as you get like a low cap rate, so you're making a lower amount of money, you're probably in an A-class uh, area where the rent to value is actually very low too, right? So you're buying houses, for instance, for like 300000 renting them for $1,500 a month, so you're at a 0.5 rent-to-value, um, which is not really ideal. Um, whereas if you get into, you might be able to, it's, it's market-specific, all this stuff, but you might be able to get down to the 1% rule, so you're buying $100,000 houses that rent for 1%, so now you're probably in a B-class or uh, a C-plus uh, neighborhood. And as you go into the D, or sorry, into the Cs, you can get up to the 1.5 or the 2% rule, so you're buying a $50,000 house and renting it for seven fifty or 900 and you can kind of just from rent to value you can kind of figure out what neighborhood you're in and this is like what I was saying even with markets you got you got to go market specific because you have to remember that there are A-class cities and there's like C-class cities right um, so for instance like uh, something in California uh, and uh, Los Angeles, say. So a Los Angeles, it's the exact same building in Los Angeles and the exact same building in Detroit or Ohio or whatever. It's That exact same building is going to have different cap rates, different loan to values, or sorry, rent to values. Um, and so you you need to know where you are and you need to know that neighbor that market how that market is functioning more than how the cuz you you might be want to compare those cities against each other it might not be as drastic as doing LA to Detroit but maybe you're doing you know uh like Cleveland against uh, Indiana, Indianapolis, and right, and you're like, well, they're they're kind of close, but maybe one's a little bit higher than the other one, and you're trying to compare them on a flat playing field, which may screw your stuff up. So know you, know your specifics, and find someone who does know your specifics. If you're still new to this, find a realtor that's in that neighborhood. You know, find a way to pay them, because if you find a way pay them to pull comps for you pay them to do stuff then people will work with you like everyone every, money's the name of the game if people are getting paid they'll do more stuff even stuff that's outside of their scope and the last thing i want to touch on is like appreciation maps uh, i know i've touched on this back whenever i think i was talking with matt um but just because a neighborhood is appreciating really well doesn't mean it's an A class or a B class. Sometimes the D class ones are appreciating really well because they're behind, or maybe there's uh, they're building some sort of shopping plaza and it's pushing everything up. But appreciation maps are great, but you almost have to overlay them with a crime map 
and you get your your neighborhoods and I used to go by zips and you can't even really go by zips because they're too big that everything is too small in little pockets um, I know neighborhood scout I've talked about it before uh, you can get into areas and they'll go by like a three block by three block radius if you pay for it so thanks for tuning in I hope some of this was helpful oh last thing too um, I now run uh, a real estate book club. It's on Facebook. It's called Real Estate Book Club. You see a picture of my face leaning on a chair. It says Real Estate Book Club. Um, we're doing Be Obsessed or Be Average is our book for January by Grant Cardone. So we're going to read it this month, and then we'll probably do a little bit of discussion on the Facebook group throughout the month. And then at the end of the month, we're going to go on Zoom. We'll have a discussion about it. Maybe I'll post it as a podcast. We'll see what it's like. Um, but anyway, come join us if you're interested in reading a book every month. I am, so I figured we might as well all do it. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Have a great day. Bye.